is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Monsignor Jim Farmer with us. Monsignor Jim Farmer is the pastor of St. Thomas More. He's been involved in Respect Life. He's currently the chaplain of Respect Life for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. A special welcome to you today. Thank you, Father Brian. What a great blessing. Today, the topic for today is Witnesses for Life. Witnesses for Life and Obviously, in the area of respect life issues, it includes everything from conception to natural death, from those who are in frail of health to the elderly, those with special needs. Obviously, the question of immigration, the dignity of immigrants, the refugees, and, and really helping support them who are fleeing violent situations, racial discrimination or racism in any type or pro-life issues. So really, respect life, we just have to acknowledge from the beginning, it's a broad category. It's a broad mm-hmm. category. We can't cover everything, mm-hmm. but especially in light of the, the question of overturning Roe v. Wade, and we want to focus a little bit more intentionally and specifically on the unborn for this week's topic. Obviously, you've been involved in for, what, at least over 49 years, if not really your whole priesthood. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give a background of how you got or the Lord invited you to become involved in an advocate in the Archdiocese yes. of Baltimore? began at Massey Mary Seminary in Ennisburg, Maryland, when we formed the Seminaries for Life. And from that point on, the program has grown and gotten bigger, bigger. My own interest was both spiritual and also legal. Uh, being an attorney, I was very concerned about the problem of the Roe versus Wade decision in, in 1973, which was a terrible decision for many reasons. First of all, there is no right to privacy in the Constitution. The word privacy does not exist in the Constitution. Right, right. Yet the justices based their decision on that word, which was a terrible mistake. Mm -hmm. And since that time, 63 million American babies have died in our country because of that horrendous decision. Right, and Jesus' words, as often as you did it to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me as often as you neglected to do it to the least of my brothers and sisters. That sense of who's more vulnerable than, than a child in the womb. Before we go into specifics, I think it's helpful to remind yourself of what John Paul II wrote when he wrote his encyclical Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. And in it, he centered it on the story of Cain and Abel. And remember, after Cain was jealous of his brother Abel and he killed his brother, and here God's walking through the garden, and he asked Cain the simple question, Cain, where's your brother? And the famous line that Cain tells back to God is, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? And the reality is this. John Paul reminds us we are our brother's keeper. That's the implicit response. And the whole encyclical is really worth reading. It just goes through different chapters of how to cultivate, in the fullest sense, a culture of life. And these are good things. God is pro-life. Yeah. And God does not like abortion. Sure. So let's turn to Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. And we will hear the following statement. For thou this, for thou this form my inward parts... Knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise thee, thou art fearful and wonderful. Wonderful all my works, knowest me right well. My frame was not hidden from thee, 
being made in secret, intricately wrought in the depths of the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. So when we discuss the abortion issue, the first thing to remember is that every time an abortion occurs, at least one human being dies. Sometimes more than one person dies. Uh, the mother sometimes dies. Right. The baby always dies. So we're talking about life and death. And there's a tendency in our country these days to say, well, it's a complicated issue. It's not a complicated issue. It cannot be more simple. If you look at this from this viewpoint, is killing an innocent person wrong? We would all say yes. Right. Is a preborn child an innocent person? Yes. That's Therefore, right. is killing an innocent baby wrong? Clearly. Mm-hmm. So, just as you put a logic, we can see that this is intrinsically wrong. Another thing we have to remember about abortion is that children are a special gift from Almighty God. And when a child is killed by abortion, there are many victims, just not the child. The mother is a victim. The father of the child is a victim. Mm -hmm. The siblings of the child are victims. The whole society is is a victim. Because we've all lost something very precious. We lost a human being. Yes. It is interesting. I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, abortion, one dead, one wounded, or two wounded. Mm Mm-hmm. And that reality of, we don't really talk about the wounds, the reality of the humanity uh, of each. What would you say to the person who just says, again, the popular slogan is, my body, my choice. What, 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 would, you, what would you say and, and help people in a pastor way, but also with, with clarity? Yes. Well, first of all, we should look at this from the viewpoint of biology. It is not the woman's body. Right. It's a separate human being in the woman's body, mm-hmm. distinct from her body. Mm-hmm. We know that at the moment of conception, all 46 chromosomes are present, 23 from the father, 23 from the mother. And at that moment of conception, that entire human person is present. Mm-hmm. He or she just develops for the next nine months. What does birth do? Birth changes location. First nine months of our life, we're in the mother's womb. After that, we live outside the womb. Right. Birth changes location but the child is alive from the very moment of conception. Mm-hmm. I remember John Paul II's Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life, had some very poignant quotes where he said, how can a human life not be a human person? How can a human life, we know that life begins at conception, how can a human life not be a human person? Like the burden's on someone else. In other words, you're a, an outdoorsman. In the case of Hunman, they said you can't shoot in the bushes. Right. If, you, if a person says, well, I don't know when life begins, well, then you can't, then you can't do it. You know, that, that sense of that sensitivity from the, the moment of conception. Can you talk about, sometimes we forget about the roots of it. The roots of pro-life actually is rooted in things like chastity. Can you speak oh, to yes. that a little bit? Yes. We, we should understand that in our society right now, approximately 60 to 65% of the population was born after Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. So most of the people alive in our country were never alive when abortion was illegal. Mm-hmm. So we not only have a moral and a legal problem, we have a cultural shift that is needed. Mm-hmm. And we draw out an analogy. In the United States of America, slavery began in 1611 in Jamestown, Virginia. Mm-hmm. It did not actually end until 1868 with passage of the 14th Amendment. So the abolitionists fought for 257 years to reverse slavery. And they never gave up. Right. Generations died thinking they would never change that terrible law. Mm-hmm. But they persevered. They persevered. 
And our role in the pro-life movement is to persuade people not to provoke them, to convince them not to confront them, because the truth is on our side. Right. And there's been a big change in the last several years in this whole movement, the ultrasound machine. Right. If you see a picture of a baby in the mother's womb, right. that is evidence, a picture worth a thousand words. Right. And the picture of that baby convinces people. The Knights of Columbus have been wonderful in providing the machines across the country so mothers can come in, see the baby in their womb. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the pro-abortion folks, we pray for them every day yeah. that they will change their view. They've changed their position since the ultrasound machine. Mm -hmm. They used to say it was not a person. Right. Now they say, well, it is. We can see that, but we don't care anyhow. Right. So right. they've taken a big step in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Because the evidence is on our side. The picture is on our side. Biology is on our side. And God is on our side. <laughs> right. Just a matter of getting our message out more clearly. And it fits right in with Pope Francis' talk about we have to acknowledge in many areas we've become a throwaway society. Yes. Whether it's with older persons, whether it's those with special needs, whether it's, I mean, there's so many different developments of like people should matter from the littlest to the most frail of health, to mm -hmm. those in need, people matter. And I remember I heard it say it this way, if anyone tells you that the least among us don't matter, <laughs> I don't know what religion is, but it's not Christianity. <laughs> yes. And that would be especially apply ultimately through the unborn. Obviously, uh, we're focusing a bit more on the unborn today because of the Roe v. Wade aspect of it. And again, there can be episodes upon episodes on all the different aspects of the life issues. Where do you see that we are in this little snapshot right now uh, to be called to be witnesses of life? And again, primarily on uh, the dignity and gift of unborn and preborn children. That's a very good question. If you look at our society right now, we tend to use death as a way to solve our problems. A few examples. We often hear people say, well, it's a problem with pregnancy. The baby is never a problem. Right. The baby is never a problem. The baby is always a gift. Right. And so we look at this. We have allowed our, our opponents to capture the vocabulary. Yeah. And we need to change that, and we are changing that. Mm -hmm. There have been 63 million abortions in our country since 1973. That means... 63 million women have had abortions. Of course, some have had multiple abortions, so maybe the number is 55 to 56 million. But that also means there are 63 million men who are the fathers of those children. So you put those two numbers together, we have about 120 million post-abortive people in our society. Those people need our help. Some of the greatest pro-lifers are people who are post-abortive. They have seen the truth. They have embraced the truth. And the truth will set us free. Amen. Well, it's been a great blessing to really look a little bit more. We're talking about witnesses for life, and especially in this little snapshot where there's the question of reverse, reversing Roe v. Wade. In our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about things that we can be doing in terms of what is our call and how are we called to be witnesses of life. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment with Monsignor Jim Farmer. May God bless you. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. 
The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Holiness is possible, and the Catholic Church provides the tools for attaining it. That was the theme of an address delivered May 15th by Guinean Cardinal Robert Seurat at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Baltimore. The evening talk, which was preceded by a morning mass celebrated by Cardinal Seurat, was part of the closing celebration of the 200th anniversary of the dedication of the Basilica, the first Catholic cathedral built in the United States. The neoclassical cathedral, designed by U.S. Capitol architect Benjamin Latrobe and envisioned by Baltimore Archbishop John Carroll as a beacon of religious liberty, was dedicated in 1821. Quote, Holiness is nothing other than living exactly as God wants us to live, by being conformed more and more to his Son, said Cardinal Seurat, former prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments. Prayer, fasting, and penance can be individual aids for helping individuals in the pursuit of holiness, Cardinal Seurat said. These practices are nurtured in the community of the church, Cardinal Seurat said. In time, we discern the contours of our hearts. We learn to recognize temptations more quickly. We uncover and correct subtle habits towards evil and deceptions that we accepted in years past, Cardinal Seurat said. For more on this story and to see video of Cardinal Seurat's Mass and presentation, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Monsignor Jim Farmer. He's the pastor of St. Thomas More, chaplain for Respect Life for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. So he's been a, a, just a great blessing. Welcome back. Father. Thank you, Father Brian. And today's topic is witnesses for life. And as we mentioned, it's a very topical because the Supreme Court is really at that place and there is the possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade or at least having some possibilities, hence the topic. So maybe you could speak a little bit more about, John Paul II spoke about that there's a culture of life and a culture of death. Can you talk about how they're so much intertwined with a lot of these issues? Yes. As a society, we are increasingly using death as a solution to our problems. For instance, if a person becomes pregnant, they say they have a problem pregnancy, abort the baby. If a person is elderly and sick, many states say deny health care to that person, have euthanasia. 
Many states say if you have a person committed a crime, kill the person by executing them. So we see across the spectrum, there's a, an advocacy for death that's against the gospel messages. Mm-hmm. It's a very serious problem. They're all related. Mm-hmm. And there is that sense, on the one hand, it sounds easy to say, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. But to love your neighbor requires sacrifice. Again, Pope Francis talked about, we have to acknowledge in many areas, we've become a throwaway society. It'd be easy to say, well, just a person's an inconvenience, an older person's inconvenience just to get rid of them. Or someone has autism, someone has severe special needs. And it'd be easy when with God, it's an opportunity where he draws out love. And that's not, God bless uh, all those who make endless sacrifices for the young, the old, Mm -hmm. those with special needs. But but it is a different kind of call. What's your experience just, I mean, you've met people who have been great advocates for life. Where where do you see them as just witnesses of hope? They are certainly witnesses of hope because they understand the big picture. The big picture is that every human being is made image legs of Almighty God. Mm -hmm. Whether you're 95 years old in a nursing home, whether you're in the womb, whether you're a prisoner sitting in the cell, we're all children of Almighty God. Mm -hmm. And each of us needs his compassion, his mercy on a daily basis. That's right. Let's talk about specifically... Tell me more about Dred Scott and how this plays into just the understanding of the Supreme Court. Well, it's very important because the Dred Scott case was a horrible decision. And seven of the justices on the court at that point in time voted in the wrong way. Right. And you you go forward, you know, next two centuries, when we had the Roe versus uh, Wade vote, it was, again, seven judges voting against life. What, What Dred Scott did... Dred Scott and the effects of that black people are not persons, meaning they're not human beings, right. which is a horrendous thing to say. Right. In Roe versus Wade, the court said that preborn children are not persons, right. not human beings. And again, we see the court repeating its mistake the same time, the same legal parallelism in different centuries. You cannot abrogate fundamental human rights what we have done in both cases. Mm-hmm. Black people are human beings. Preborn children are human beings. And the court, in their error, eradicated all rights for all these people, right. both black people and preborn people. Right. I find it interesting that America is very radically, I mean, the fact that in the Congress they just tried to push this issue where it says up to the point of birth in every state, and, yeah. and although it didn't pass, it, it was close. Yes, it was. And that reality of how we can become so dehumanized in Europe. I mean, they have very restrictive laws. Yes. Uh, after a, after so many weeks, there's very restrictive laws. We stand out like a sore thumb in terms of like very radical policies. Yes. Uh, so that sense of saying, come back to a healthy understanding. And sometimes Christians have to be that witness. But please keep this in mind. The Supreme Court is not perfect. Right. Throughout American history, reversal precedent has been a characteristic feature of American jurisprudence. Right. We reversed Roe versus Wade by the 14th, by the 14th Amendment, 1868. Mm-hmm. Let's take another example. How about segregation? We have for many, many years, Plessy versus Ferguson, right. separate equal. Then in the 1950s, Supreme Court reversed that by saying Brown versus Board of Education or, or ruled that. So when people say, well, abortion is law, Segregation was law. Slavery was law. Right. So they were reversed. God went this will be reversed. Right, right. Which brings up the famous uh, saying, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral. There's plenty of things that are illegal that, that are not moral. And, our, and if, we're, if Catholics and Christians were, were called to be leaven, 
leaven into leaven society, this is one of the ways that we do it. Yes. Someone said that says, "Who are you to insert your quote unquote religion?" Like we're talking about, we're not, we're not, we don't have to quote the Bible to talk about the dignity, the humanity of. It's a, a scientific uh, gift, in fact, the gift of life at conception. I remember also uh, Robbie George, who's the professor up at Princeton, said, or he asked his students, he said, raise your hand if you lived in the time of slavery. Raise your hand if you'd be against slavery. And pretty much everyone raised their hand. And he's like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You'd be against slavery. And he made a list of five criteria. And he said, when have you ever stood for something where you lost your job over it? What's something where you lost friends and popularity? It says, if you don't have proof of that now, I doubt you'd be against slavery. But when the case, the case of uh, life issues and including those for the unborn, it's not popular. On a regular time, you could hear someone on the, on the television, you know, almost mocking, mocking yeah. those who stand for the least among yeah. us. Mm-hmm. I, I love also the, or the word of, of fetus just means little one. Right. It means little one. What are some very practical things that just pro-lifers should do in, in, in their spiritual life as, as witnesses? What are some very concrete things that everyone can do, but maybe especially in these times? The first thing, of course, is to pray, because God is on our side. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is against us. The, the, the politicians are against us. The media is against us, but God is with us. Mm-hmm. And he is stronger than all these other forces combined. Mm-hmm. Because of that, eventually we will prevail in this movement, because the truth will set us free. Mm-hmm. I know we just had recently on the, the 13th, on Our Lady of Fatima, Archbishop Laurie asked us to, to have prayer and fasting. Can you speak about the effect you've seen of just sacrifice and fasting in yeah. the pro-life movement? Yes. The pro-life people are very strong prayer people. You may have seen the, the different marches we've had. They're always peaceful and they're always prayerful. Right. There's never violence, never attacking anyone. The, the 40 days for life, for instance, right. every year, right. a prayer, this is a prayer experience. Mm-hmm. Why? Because God is pro-life. God is on our side. We need his strength to overcome this. Please consider this. The people who were for slavery did our country tremendous damage yeah. for 211 years. Yeah. We now had abortion for 49 years. So for all those, all the people who want to see this reversed, perseverance is the key in prayer. Mm-hmm. We cannot give up. We may all be dead in the next generation. We might not see it while we're on earth. But we have to persevere and pray and fast and peacefully protest. Mm-hmm. And try to help people understand why life is so sacred. Mm-hmm. Which is a very positive message. I also, just realizing the question, someone brought up the point to say, with pregnancy centers, Many times there's very little government funding for pregnancy centers. It's, it's Planned Parenthood is getting money from the government. There's a financial incentive in, in, in that industry versus pro-life pregnancy centers. The sacrifices of love, that it, it's just, it just raises the question of financial uh, complicity with it. Planned Parenthood gets over half a, billion, a half a billion dollars a year from the federal government. Half a billion dollars. Over half a billion annually. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not a neutral ground. Oh, no. Not a neutral no. ground with that. Let's talk a little bit about Project Rachel because obviously that ministry is just very special yeah. that uh, that those who have, you yes. know, in the past have been involved. Can you speak more about the gift of Project yeah. Rachel? Yeah, ministry? Father Brian, Project Rachel is a fantastic program which welcomes people who are post abortive, both men and women, back to a sense of forgiveness and a wholeness, both spiritually and emotionally. Recently, we're seeing more men come all the time to the retreats, because they also mourn their 
dead child. Yeah. Recently, a man came to see us who was an elderly man, probably in his 70s. He said his daughter became pregnant when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. He encouraged her for the abortion. Then he broke down and crying and said, I have to abort the young grandchild I ever had. Wow, yeah. And we hear these stories over and over and over. People regret. You know, problems are temporary, but life is permanent. That's right. In the sense of God, whose who's goodness and can forgive all things, when a, I mean, a person can come and be made new. And very often, John Paul II talked about this. Mm-hmm. He says, those who have been involved, women or men who have been involved in abortion, can be amongst the greater witnesses of life. It's like yes. they understand and they know. And God is so good, he can use as some of the greatest advocates of life. Abby Johnson, for instance. Yes. Great example of this. Great witness in, in a pro-life movie, and her whole story is just right. uh, really phenomenal. And so the more we say that, that everyone can be a witness of life, we're all called to be witnesses of life. And again, obviously the life issue is so much broader, uh, so much broader, but in light of Roe v. Wade and, and, and this, the new Dobbs decision or pending decision, this is a, a very relevant topic. So any last words of encouragement for? Yes. We need to pray, fast, and persevere because the truth will set us free. Amen. That is wonderful. Well, Monsignor Jim Farmer, what a great, great blessing. And blessings to you as you get ready for next stages for retirement. And Thank you. Just a, for a blessing many years and a great mentor for myself as well. So we've here been talking with Father Jim Farmer about being witnesses for life. Thank you for coming there, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.